The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. work at a busy company in Orlando, right in the heart of iDrive. If you're not familiar with this area, it's short for International Drive, which is short for Tourist Central. This meant that I tended to work a lot of nights, which my husband was never fond of. A couple of my co-workers had some weird experiences in our parking lot, so we always left after 10pm with another person, so we had someone when we walked to our car, and us females definitely made sure to do so as well. Now, this night in particular, I closed the store at around 1.30 in the morning and was walking to my car, waving goodnight to a co-worker with one hand and already dialing my husband's number in the other. Though we lived only about 25 minutes away from my job, we both liked to call one another when we were leaving, wherever we were, so we could let the other one know of an expected arrival. Plus, on nights that I closed, it was kind of nice to fill him in on the night's adventures and current gossip and This is also a good time to mention too that I lived in a not so great part of Orlando. When I moved there for school, we moved into one of the cheapest apartments that we could find, which incidentally meant moving into the ghetto. I didn't mind it much overall. Our neighbors were nice and the apartment was affordable for the time being. But anyway, as I continued my drive home, I became occupied with complaining about my long shift and how I'll not be home until about at least 2am and... I turned into the usual side street that connected two state roads, and right at the end of this road was my complex. This road usually only lasted about eight minutes, and it ran through a rundown neighborhood, but I always got a bit of uh, excitement turning down it because it was my last turn, meaning that I was almost home. So I'm driving down this windy, empty road, when out of the corner of my eye, I notice movement of another car. 
As I mentioned before, this road ran straight through a neighborhood which also held an endless amount of side roads on it that led to loops and circles that were littered with houses. It's very dark, only lit by headlights and the dim streetlights as well. But I could see a van heading my way out of one of the side streets, not even 15 feet in front of me. And this next part happened so fast that I had no idea how to react. I see shadows inside the van, in the passenger and the driver's seat. Then suddenly, there's a man hanging out of the passenger side window with a pistol. He fires off multiple shots straight at a corner house directly next to me at this point. My heart drops and all I can say is, holy crap. My husband is still on the phone with me and actually heard the gunshots too. He becomes frantic asking what happened and if I'm okay, and all I can mutter is, I just saw a drive-by. As I pass by the house where the shooting happened, the driver of the van peels out and onto the road that I'm driving on and flies right up behind me. At this point, my heart is racing, the attackers are right behind me, the only vehicle on the road, and the only witness to their crime. I tell my husband that they're behind me and he quickly talks me down and tries to calm me, but my eyes can't stop shifting between my rearview mirror and the road in front of me. The van behind me is swerving back and forth on the road, falling a few feet behind me and then back up at the bumper again. I say out loud that I don't know what to do and my husband tells me that if they continue to follow me, to go to our local police station. Then, suddenly, out of nowhere, the driver whips it to the left and down a road deeper into the neighborhood, leaving me alone on the road once more. I was home within minutes and my husband was just as shaken up as me, saying that he can still hear those gunshots from the other end of the phone, waiting for what felt like an eternity for me to say something and tell him what happened. I saw the police there the next morning when I went to work, but I never found out how bad or just how fatal the shooting was. I've since moved from that neighborhood and will hopefully never have to witness a drive-by eight minutes from my home again. So, uh, this happened like literally about five minutes ago and I'm still outside in my PJs because, well, I'm just too scared to go back in the house. I live in an old house and I've been here about two years I think and since I moved in loads of stuff has happened to myself, my OH and other people who have visited or stayed over. Things like being touched, footsteps, things moving, falling over, lights turning on and off, shadows and voices, so many things that have made me want to move out but I'm just flat broke and I just can't afford it. But anyway, there's nobody but me in the house and I'm just hanging up some washing in the utility room. I pick up the laundry basket to hang the socks up and get about halfway through the kitchen and there's this noise behind me in the utility room. I don't know how to describe it other than a, a deep growling scream kind of thing. Whatever it was, it was strange and loud and I've never in my life heard anything like it. I wish that I could explain it better, but I just don't know how. It was just a, a weird and scary noise. I just kind of froze like a deer caught in headlights and spun around and stared at the door and walked backwards until I backed into my front door and ran out into the garden. And now I'm sat here, half ashamed for running away and terrified of what the hell I'm dealing with in my house. And I'm horribly aware that I'm alone in here for another eight hours. 
I think that I'm going to have to go and investigate now that I can remember how to breathe again. Wish me luck. I've had plenty of paranormal experiences in my life. None were all too terrifying, though at the time they seemed like it. But one event has really stuck with me more than any other. So, as a kid, I didn't have many friends and tended to hang out with my cousins more than anyone else, who were always spending the night at my house. We'd watch movies and eat snacks and eventually all pass out in the living room. This happened when I was about eight years old. I was asleep on one of the couches. My youngest cousin was on the floor beside me. The other two were across the room. And I woke up in the middle of the night due to my nearest cousin coughing. It was more like he was choking even. And I rolled over and turned to look down at him. When I saw something in the dark. At first I thought it was just my eyes playing tricks on me. But staring for a few moments I clearly could begin making out a shape from the hallway light. This thing, whatever it was, looked skeletal skinny and was wearing not quite a cloak but more like a hooded shawl and it looked very, very old. It looked like it would disintegrate if I even touched it and it was kneeling over my cousin as he continued choking, as if very interested in him. And then it saw me. The figure immediately backed off and standing up, it must have been nearly 8 feet tall at least because it practically reached the ceiling. It slowly backed away into the dining room and my cousin stopped coughing. I sat there huddled up in my covers feeling like I was being watched for the rest of the night and stayed that way until the dawn when the sunlight came in and I knew for sure that this thing was gone. I never felt safe in the house after that and more things happened there for sure but that was by far the most terrifying. Everyone I've told it to has written it off as you probably were just dreaming or you just think you saw something but I was wide awake and I know what I saw. I just really have no idea what it was. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can live out your MasterChef dream. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. 
This experience took place in Nepal in June and it's going to be a bit of a long one so strap in. I travelled there with just six other students who were all girls from my college to do a volunteer internship there just outside the main city of Kathmandu. We were all 20 and 21 years old. The whole trip was six weeks I think but we were done with the internship after five so we planned to just go do whatever we wanted for the last week. We ended up taking a seven hour bus ride to Pokhara which is one of the most touristy cities in the country. A lot of the Himalayan treks people do start from there and it's a popular paragliding location too. The nice area of the city where travelers stay is called Lakeside as there's a huge lake there. We were staying in this area in a decent quality hotel for six nights for only the equivalent of 50 US dollars. For the record too, this is overall a very safe country, although very poor and not once besides this experience did I ever feel unsafe. Just about everybody is incredibly friendly in fact. Violent crime rates are also significantly lower than the US and guns aren't really a thing there for anyone that's not police. Anyways... One night, we're all at this place that had live music, where we're all just kind of chilling, having a bunch of drinks and smoking some stuff. And when we leave there, I'm like 410 drunk. We start talking to some guy, about 40 years old, on the sidewalk, and we're smoking some cigs with him, but I don't remember what we were talking about. It's about 9pm at this point, and the girls all decide to take a quick taxi ride back to the hotel and call it a night. I decide that I'm going to keep staying out for a bit though as some of the nights before I had a lot of fun solo bar hopping and just talking to both locals and other travellers from all over the world on the street. I would often just find myself in like 30 minute conversations with random local dudes and felt really comfortable being out on my own. So I continued to talk to this guy. His accent was hard to understand and didn't speak the best English but we were still able to communicate fairly well. I didn't care if I had to ask him to repeat stuff and other times I'd just pretend that I understood what he said. He starts asking what kind of drugs I do and although I occasionally smoke weed I'll admit I didn't want any so I just tell him that I only drink. So he's like oh follow me and we can get some beers. We go over to a nearby small convenience store. We each buy a tall boy of pretty heavy beer and then go back on the street chilling. He keeps asking me if I need anything and is like, you want girls? And does this little air hum thing and made it clear that he meant like prostitutes. We're both laughing though and I'm like, nah, I'm not into that. So we just walk down this path by the lake drinking and chatting. The path was fairly populated and he wasn't an intimidating guy by any means. He's like five foot four, and I'm not a lot taller but yeah, he wasn't a scary guy. At this point, I'm moderately drunk and just seeing what type of adventure I can get into and we end up taking a cab a pretty short distance to his home. So now it's a poor area, but it's not that sketchy, but it is where the story gets a little bit weird. So we're walking up this path now and he wants me to follow him down to this one more sketchy path and I don't really get what he's saying, but I tell him no. We go into his place which was literally just a super small rectangular room with a few beds and not a whole lot else. There's three people already in there as well. One of them is his brother that looks a bit younger than him. One is his mother that is like a sweet 60 year old lady. She didn't speak English at all but she was friendly and smiling and definitely thought that it was funny that her sons were chilling with an American. The other person is some guy sleeping just right in the middle of the floor on nothing. And it was hard to tell, but he didn't really look related to them. 
Still had darker tannish skin, but was much lighter than them. I thought that this was a little weird too, but it seemed normal to them, so I didn't pay much attention to it. So I'm just kind of sitting on the edge of the bed, smoking cigs with them, talking about just random stuff. His brother seemed like he had something slightly wrong with him, as he was kind of cross-eyed and looked like he was looking straight through me when talking. I took a selfie with them smoking a cig as I would do this sometimes with random locals because it was funny and they start asking me to drink this stuff in a jug or something. It's hard to remember what it looked like. They were saying that it was liquor from this one nearby mountain but I was skeptical so I was like uh, no you drink and he said something about how he doesn't drink liquor anymore after the earthquake or something. Then his brother is like watch and starts drinking it but I was trying to see if he was just pretending to drink it, and I really couldn't tell. I still had a bit of my beer left, though, and I told them that I'm just good with that. So the guy is like, just have a little, and pours a small amount into my can. I was still pretty relaxed, but they could sense that I was kind of skeptical, and one of them asks me why I'm afraid. But he says it like, afraid, in his accent. So I just play dumb, laughing, and I'm just like, I don't know what afraid is. At this point, I tell them that I've got to go back to my hotel and me and the original guy leave and get into a taxi and I tell them where to go. I still got this beer in my hand, by the way, but I didn't drink it anymore but kept holding it throughout just so that he wouldn't bother me about it. I still knew the general area that I was in as I got a pretty good sense of direction and this cab takes a left when it should have been a right. I tell them that it's the wrong way but the original guy insists that it's the right way. I'm like, whatever, maybe it's quicker, right? But also a part of me was kind of thinking as we start going deeper into the city that something just wasn't right. Eventually we do end up on the main lakeside strip, but we're going way down it a lot further than my hotel is. I tell him, but he just didn't seem to care and was saying to relax and that we're going to go sightseeing or something like that, which didn't make any sense because... It's night time. They start playing Justin Bieber thinking that I'd like it, but I'm still back low-key kind of pissed. Now I'm sitting there like, well, if something bad is going to happen, I just kind of ruin the trip for everyone. And I didn't have any phone plan and could only contact people if I had Wi-Fi. We get past the end of the lakeside strip, which is the farthest that I'd been previously on other days. The road then curves around the lake and turns into a dirt road heading outside of the city and there's not many buildings past there. We drive down this for like five more minutes and then stop in the road and we get out. There's finally a bunch of some buildings a bit ahead but not that many again. The guy starts walking towards those saying to follow him and at this point I'm like nah I'm gonna walk back over to the taxi telling the driver that I didn't ask to be over here. The guy realizes I wasn't following him and walks back over to the car and starts talking to the guy in Nepali for a minute while I'm just kind of standing there. They say that they'll take me back for what is the equivalent to $15. I'm pissed and I'm arguing with them to bring me back for free. I tell them that I'd rather walk back instead of paying that and I start going. I knew pretty much where I was but it would have taken a little over an hour to walk back to the hotel. He tells me no, that it's too far, and after more arguing, I get them to agree to $5. They eventually drive me back to the hotel, thank God, 
and when I'm paying, I give him the $5, but he was like, I thought it was 15 I was like, we agreed on the lower price. So I give him the 5 and I get out, but the original guy gets out with me and wants to go into the hotel because he says that he needs water. It's about midnight now. The lobby is basically outdoors and I put him to the water jug and I was able to go upstairs to my room without him following me anymore. I ended up throwing up once I got back, partially from being a little drunk still and partially from being freaked out by wondering where that guy was actually taking me. It's something that I'm probably going to wonder about for the rest of my life too. I mean, there is a small chance that the dude could have led me to some fun stuff, but he just progressively gave me a more and more sketchy vibe as the night went on and I trusted my gut feeling. I still don't know if the taxi driver and the guy knew each other or not. I could have got robbed or kidnapped or something else and maybe the guy on the floor had been drugged by the drink and they wanted to give me it but who knows. I also just could have been way paranoid. Overall I don't necessarily regret it because I played my cards right. I do stupid stuff when I'm drinking sometimes and it's good that I stopped when I did. The whole trip was awesome though and you're safe as long as you don't do stupid stuff like I did. It's one of the coolest countries and I do hope to go back someday. But I'm curious, what do you guys think would have happened if I would have kept following this guy? Angie's list is now Angie and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. I live in a very small, quiet street in the mountains. Not many people know that my street exists and it's actually quite hard to find. I work from home so I'm home all day and the only other person at home in my street would be my next door neighbour who is in his 70s. I'm actually very close to him as well. He's quite vigilant about the goings on in our street. He often sits on his windowsill outside his house just enjoying the fresh air and watching the birds. Our houses are all joined together very closely and they're small, so we can always hear if someone is knocking at somebody else's door. So, this particular day, I was sitting in my living room working on my laptop, and I heard a man screaming on the top of his lungs like something or someone was chasing him. He started banging on my door and shouting frantically, let me in. It was so loud and aggressive, in fact, that it felt like my house was shaking. It sounded exactly like my fiancé too, which really spooked me but my dogs were snarling and growling with their heckles raised and they'd never be like that about my fiancé. I got up and looked through the people in the front door and strangely I couldn't see anyone. Neither could I see anyone out of my windows front side or back. 
I phoned my fiancé and he said stay inside and ring Bernard, my next door neighbour. So I phoned him and told him what had just happened and asked if he'd heard it. And he was really confused. He said that he was out in the street at the time feeding the birds and he didn't hear or see anything. It really shook me up though because the whole thing just felt so real. I could feel the house shaking and I could see my dogs reacting. I was absolutely terrified and to this day I have no idea what happened. And maybe I never will. This happened last year and it still gives me the creeps even thinking about it. I was leaving work and was on my way to my friend's house. My work is on the literal edge of town. It's pretty rural and gets really dead at night. My friends live even further from my work, where I guess you'd consider to be the country area and the roads get more and more desolate the closer you get to the house. And I clocked out of work one day and went to my car and called my friend to talk to her on the phone about something while I drove to her and her boyfriend's house. I looked both ways before I exited the parking lot, but there was absolutely nobody else on the road that I could see, which was a pretty good distance. I made it a mile or so down the road when I see headlights behind me and coming up fast. It was a full-size pickup truck that had been lifted, and he got so close to my car that all I could see out of my back window was the Chevy badge on his grill. I thought that he wanted to pass me, so I waved out the window for him to pass using the suicide lane since the road was only two lanes there, but instead he started laying on his horn. Mind you, I'm not a slowpoke driver. I was already doing 55 and a 45, so it's not like I was inconveniencing him with my speed or anything. I tell my friend what's happening and she tells me to just keep going and that he'll probably leave me alone eventually. But he stays glued behind me for at least another mile or so, occasionally honking some more. Eventually he started turning his brights on for a few seconds and then he started slowing down until we were a couple of hundred feet apart. And then he would floor it up to fly up behind me really fast like he was feigning rear-ending me. I'm getting more sketched out at this point and my friend is trying to calm me down and telling me to just keep driving. I'm really scared though that he's going to hit me and I wanted to get away but there was no businesses open that late this far out of the city. In fact, there wasn't really any places to be open anymore, just fields and some houses every now and then. I decided to floor it and try to outrun him, figuring my Corolla might not be a Formula 1 car, but surely as hell it's a lot quicker than an old pickup truck and I could get some distance. I got up to 85 and keep an eye on him, and he didn't seem to be trying to catch up. I felt a little safer and assumed that he'd given up, so I dropped back down to like 60 and informed my friend that it worked and he was done. I still had tunnel vision from the adrenaline and I didn't realize though that he was flying up behind me again until he was barreling towards me doing probably 85 or 90. I realized that he wasn't going to slow down so I braced myself for the impact and told my friend that he was about to rear-end me but instead he cut around me missing my car just by a few inches and flew in front of me. He cut right in front of my car and slammed on his brakes trying to get me to rear-end him instead I was able to stop in time and he started slowly continuing forward. He repeatedly stopped in the road for a few miles, almost like he was baiting me to pass him. 
My friend told me that her boyfriend was on the phone with the police and was keeping them updated, and for me to stay on the phone with her as long as I could. After a while, I could see my friend's street sign, and she kept assuring me that her and her boyfriend were outside waiting for me to pull in and that the cops were on their way. She also told me to pull into the driveway and stay in the car until they were sure that he was gone. He made what should have been a 10 second drive to the street a painstaking process because he kept stopping in front of me. And the next part was my fault because I instinctively turned on my blinker which let him know that I was about to turn onto the road. And so he immediately whipped up the curb to cut in front of me again. My friend's house is on the corner so her and her boyfriend were able to see everything now but I had a bit of a ways to go before I actually got into her driveway. The truck stayed put in the middle of the road this time, and he wasn't moving, so I tried to go around him. As soon as I started to pass him, he floored it and cut to the left, nearly hitting my front end and blocking the road completely. I was feeling braver now, though, that I knew help was on the way and my friends were there, so I laid on my horn, yelled some choice words, and told him to move his ass. My friend and her boyfriend had gotten to the edge of the property where we were by then and I guess the driver took notice of them and slowly started moving out of my way. I pulled into a driveway as fast as I could and I looked at the rearview mirror to see him slowly driving up to a driveway where he stopped. I couldn't see his facial features because it was so dark and he was kind of far away too but I could tell that he was staring at me the whole time. My friends had gotten to my car just as he got to the driveway and I watched my friend approach the truck. I heard her say, you need to leave now, the cops are on their way. And they stared at each other for a few seconds before he slowly just continued on. Her neighborhood is a giant loop and he never exited so we felt adventurous and sneaked around the block in search of where he went while we waited on the cops. We found the truck parked at a house and returned just as the police arrived. We told the cops where the truck was and the officer returned informing us that there was no answer at the door and he must have left. Her boyfriend, who had lived there forever, nor his mother, recognized the truck or the man and, if I recall, his mother even knew the people who lived in that house the truck was parked at. And as far as I'm aware, he was never seen again. Now, because I'm a very small female who was alone at almost midnight... We all assumed that he watched me leave work and was trying to bully me into wrecking my car so that I would pull over and he could potentially abduct me or something. We think that once he realized the cops were involved, he parked the truck in someone's otherwise empty driveway and likely left it there to hide in a nearby field until the cops left the area. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. I bought a house that was built in 1880. 
when I had it inspected. The inspector said that there had been a fire at some point, probably a long time ago, because there were signs on the bricks of the fireplace in the attic. So we moved in. The first night there, woke up to children screaming out of my sleep. I didn't think much of it because I was in bed, so maybe a dream, right? But fast forward to another two months later, four of my friends and I were in the dining room and my bedroom smoke detector goes off. I run up the stairs and it stops. This happens three times and finally I creep up the stairs and take off the ceiling and pull the batteries out. Everyone was really weirded out by this. Strange electrical stuff keeps happening, lights on, TV on, stuff like that. Then about a month later, I was in bed in the middle of the night and the smoke detector in the basement started going off. But there was definitely no smoke. And at this point, I must admit that I was a little bit scared. I wanted to do research on the house but come to find out that the town's historical records were burned in a fire. But my last straw was falling asleep and my dog waking me up barking at the wall. And the old door handle that you have to click in clicked open and the door slowly opened by itself. It's been 10 years and I want to reach out to the new owners to see if they're experiencing the same things that I did. Because I'm pretty confident that that house is haunted. I'm honestly still shook up. So sorry if this is just kind of all over the place. And I'm really not sure where to start in fact, so that doesn't help either. I guess that's all. I'll just say everything, meaning that this might be pretty long. So when I was a child, I absolutely believed in ghosts, and the idea of them actually fascinated me. But as I got older, seeing shows on TV or videos on the internet that were clearly fake, or extremely suspicious at least, turned me into a non-believer, or at most very skeptical. Now I'm 21 and just moved out of my uncle's place into my own apartment. It's a very old building, 100 plus years old. It's a pretty large house that's been turned into a fourplex. It even has a historical building plaque outside on it, though I'm having trouble finding any of the info on it. Three of the four apartments were just remodeled this year. The one that wasn't hasn't been because it was occupied at the time. At the moment, it's just me and him in the building, and I'm on the top floor on one side, and he's on the other side, ground floor. I've been here for almost a week now. Of course, I've heard your generic old building noises, like creaks and snaps from the cooling and falling temperatures, that sort of thing. There was a couple of times in the first two days that I could have sworn that I saw movement at the corner of my eye, but I didn't think much of it. I mean, all seemed fairly well. Until... The night before last. So I was in bed watching YouTube on my phone, lying down, not quite on my back, not quite on my side either, holding up my phone kind of. My arms eventually got tired though and as I was setting down my phone on my bed, I swear to you that from behind where I was just holding up my phone, a very, very faint shadowy head or face was there and quickly ducked out of view. Now, I realize that that sounds absolutely terrifying, but I was really tired and was just staring directly in the bright screen of my phone, and what I saw was very, very faint, so I figured if I had actually saw something, it must have been just a minor hallucination or a trick of the eye or something. 
I slept well and got up and went to work, came home and relaxed for a few hours in a very good mood, took a shower, got into bed, fell asleep between 2 or 2.30 in the morning, and I woke up at some point between 3.30 and 4. It's usual for me to wake up many times in a night. I turned to lie on my right side and I stretched a bit and I just lie there for about 5 or 10 minutes. At this point I'm absolutely wide awake, the night is still and silent, and I get to the point where it's time to flip over and as I do, the unthinkable happens. Because as clear as day, from the side that I'm flipping over to, not any more than 7 feet away from me, a female voice at normal conversation volume says something. In my absolute shock and disbelief, I didn't fully catch what she said. I'm pretty sure it was three syllables or words, the first of which I'm fairly certain was he's. At this point, obviously I'm horrified and just start shaking, sweating and on the verge of crying. Because this voice was incredibly clear and felt real. And that, I can tell you with absolute certainty that she must have been in her mid-twenties and that it had originated from five, five and a half feet from the floor. Also, in all honesty, it didn't feel like what she said was actually directed at me. I couldn't tell you why, but it just really seemed to me like she was answering somebody else's question about me, or perhaps it wasn't about me at all, I don't know. Once I got my courage back though, I tried as hard as I possibly could to recreate what I heard. I thought that my bed had just made a noise that my brain had somehow recognized as female human speech. But I could not for the life of me get my bed to make a noise that sounded even remotely similar to it, let alone even close to as loud as she spoke. I've also had sleep paralysis many times and I can assure you that this was not it. Like I said, I was completely 100% awake. Also, I didn't think about it at first, but the side of the room the voice came from is the same side of the room that I thought that I may have seen that slight shadowy head figure the night before. I'm, I'm still in shock and I'm not sure if I'm crazy or what the heck's going on. All I know for sure is that I have never ever had anything like that happen in my life before. If you've listened this far, then I applaud you and very much appreciate it too. And if you've ever experienced something like this, then I would love to hear about it. I want to know that I'm just not going insane. Also, my mum gave me a voice recorder, and I don't know how long it can record at a time, but I might just see if I can have it record as asleep all night. If anything comes back, I'll be sure to let you guys know. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.